0: Hey, race fans, calling all hockey fans, calling all hockey fans. Why are we looking for hockey fans, you might ask? Because Goat Sports Media has released its newest podcast, Tea with Miss McGill. It can be found on Apple, Spotify, and all the favorite places that you podcast. This podcast is going to concentrate on Minnesota high school hockey mainly, a little bit of touch of Division I and Division Three college hockey and we'll touch on some major stories of the nhl so tea with miss mcgill the latest podcast from goat sports media go check it out all right race fans brian aho here and the one and only Bert layman bringing
1: you episode 68 of the one to go show Bert, all the heck you doing man I'm doing very good. We got high of thirty-five today. Tomorrow's supposed to hit forty. We're getting ready for some racing. <laughs> I tell you, things are moving in the
0: right direction. You know, you talk to the folks down south. I I kind of feel bad. I mean, they, they live, they're not used to that cold weather, and obviously there were some cancellations because of that. And uh, but they got smoke down there, um, down in Texas, Louisiana, and uh, they're not really used to that snow stuff down there. So you know, it is what it is. But you know. It, you know, before we get into kind of the racing news, kind of want to, you know, more bad news in in uh, the Wasoda region up here. Just uh, we got rocked again. Second generation driver uh, Tanner Byholm. Actually, he served in the military as well. His dad, Bill Byholm, a mod racer, he raced as well. Um, tragically, lost his life. I think he was 25 years old over the. Over the past couple days here so thoughts and prayers from all of us at the one to go show to the buy home family you know to be honest bert the folks up at the abc raceway in ashland they, they had a rough year they, they lost a few folks up there i mean we've all lost folks but they have lost some young folks up there at ashland and uh, so just to the whole racing community up there everybody that knows them you know our best wishes to you uh, you know the, the biggest thing with this sport and i think you would agree is the relationships that we build wow. along the way you know the racing is great and we can rant and we can banter and we can say this guy's an idiot they're doing this wrong but at the end of the day you know we we love racing because of the people and and uh, it's sad to see something especially somebody that young you know it's just uh just a big tragic loss up there so you know thoughts and prayers to them and now we'll uh, let's get into the actual, let's get into some good stuff. Let's get into some racing stuff here. We'll brighten up the mood a little bit. And I know, uh, I know you're a late model fan and I think <laughs> that was about the only racing going on, right? There was going to be some sprint car stuff that got snowed out, but uh, there was, there was some extreme dirt car action down in South Carolina. Did you get a chance to watch either one of those races? They had a, it's a six race series. So fans, if, if you're not familiar with the dry bean extreme dirt car season it's in year number two the the series i should say it's in year number two um chris smoky madden won that series last year it's a six race series and they they had three races kind of before the first of the year now they have three after the first of the year and it was race four and five of the of the series Bert, did you uh did you watch any of that
1: yeah i saw the the features for uh both events and um the first race was at the uh, Lakeview Motor Speedway. That was on Friday night, correct? Yeah, well, that was actually a pretty good race. My, that I thought fir- that was pretty racy. My first impression of of when I started watching it was, boy, those those straights are long, <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind
1: of a paperclip deal. But you know, it, it kind
0: of looked like it was going to be one lane. And the boss Ross Bales, who had a good weekend, you know, he went a lane up. I believe it was in three and four late in the race, drove yep. around. Um, Matthew Nance, who, you know, he's driving the rum runner number two. So for those of you familiar, um, Brandon Overton used to drive that car, right? That, that same car. And that was that two years ago, Bert, three years ago, he drove that car.
1: At least two, if not three. Yeah. So,
0: and, and Matthew Nance, and and I tell you, everyone they've had in that car has ran pretty good. You know, it's kind of a regional deal. And, uh, so that was a pretty good race, but you know, what stuck out to me, we've been specifically me i've been belly aching for like months about this stupid no fault caution rule it drives me nuts i think everybody already knows that and uh i was so pumped Bert, because late in the race I, I think maybe 15 to go somewhere in that neighborhood um they come up on lap traffic nance was leading. bales is running second got together with a lap car the lapper looked like maybe he broke, come off the corner, kind of lost power. So they got into him. And next thing you know, Bales is facing the wrong direction. Yellow comes out. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, here we go again. You know, now, now Bales is going to go to the back of the pack because he stopped on the track and he had nothing to do with the deal, it's just stupid. And I, I kind of overreacted because they made a call. Can you believe that? They made a call <laughs> and they actually saw with their own eyes that, the lap car clear, clearly had some issues. <clears throat> they called it on the lap car first and second, got their spot back. And in turn, Bales ends up winning the race. And and he wouldn't have, right? I mean, he would have he would have got put to the back. I mean, he'd have been lucky to get back up to the top, right. 10, you know, and and I was so happy to see that. And I even commented on dirt on dirt post and a couple of the southern folks got on there. Oh, that was
1: BS. He should have went to the back. I'm <laughs> like I I saw I saw, saw you.
0: Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. So we're kind of bantering back and forth. I'm like, what do you mean he should have gone to the back? And uh, there were some people I had no idea who they were, kind of coming to my defense. And they're like, yeah, clearly you've never driven a race car before. You know, you can't just hit the brakes at you know, you can't avoid everything. But I was so happy to see that. So that's something you don't see down south all the time. Usually it's that no fault deal, and that kind of leads me to a question you know, pretty much, especially in the, re- like the series events and like the traveling series, like the World of Outlaw, law Lucas Oil, <clears throat> there, there's cameras there. In fact, we've, we watched Dirt Vision and some might say there's probably too many cameras at, at some of them races. So they have every view possible, right? Well, I got a, I got a question for you as a race fan. If they can do it in such a manner where it doesn't like prolong the length of the show. Like if they can do it in a quick manner, would you rather see instant replay used so they can make an actual call and get it right? Or would you rather see the no fault caution rule and just like whoever stops goes to the back? What would you rather see?
1: Well, I don't like either, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) I'm afraid of, instant replay in racing um i mean part of my thing is yes there's instant replay in baseball there's instant replay in um football and basketball uh but where i see a difference is um for the regional and local stuff is you can't have a camera on all the action um yes you can have cameras all over the place but there's no guarantee you're gonna catch it and to me i i my personal feeling is it's unfair for a call to go to replay if they have the footage but a different call doesn't go to replay because they don't have the footage so um you know it's like it's not really favoritism but i mean it's just not fair in all situations in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting perspective. I never thought of it that way. And and I look at it as a lot of times the officials they see it, they can they they see it, they can get it right. I mean, a lot of times they can see it. And you know, I've seen an instance up in Superior last year at the Gondik Class Speedway. <clears throat> you know, I, I talked to I think it was uh it wasn't a Twin Twenty Five race. I don't believe. I think maybe it was the Russ Larson Classic at the end of the year, and there was an incident. Cars got together and. Like, they're like, man, I don't know who to call it on. And they were pulling the cars apart. They looked at it and they're like, that was totally different than what I thought it was. And they were able to make the right call. And as a guy that raced, right? I I was always on a budget. I was never a high dollar racer. A lot of these guys, they need that money to go to the next event. And I've heard people say, right? I've, I've literally argued with people and this guy's an official, by the way, okay? I'm not going to call him out. Some of you know who I'm talking about, but he says, well, if people got to if they got to rely on that check to get to the next race, they shouldn't be racing. I'm like, that's like 90% of the cars. We have like seven cars at the track. If that was the case, what are you talking about? Like this guy clearly doesn't have a clue. Okay. He just has no idea what he's talking about. And I look at it as if you can get it right, I'd rather get it right. You know, I, I, if, I'd like to take all the, the guesswork out of it. If you can get it right, that can make a guy that's actually racing and needs that money get the money that he or she deserves instead of just getting dumped and all that. I, I just, I, I for sure hate the no fault deal. Like anything except for that. <clears throat> now, in a perfect world, because I saw somebody's argument on dirt on dirt, right? And they said, well, you know it takes away cuz i asked him straight out i said why on earth would you possibly like the no fault caution rule and and he had a good answer he did have a good answer he says especially in local racing sometimes it's hard to find officials absolutely 100% true that is absolutely a fact so what happens is sometimes you get officials that either a really sometimes don't know you know what can happen in a race car and they just don't get it sometimes or B, they're pretty good buddies with a few people and either they're not necessarily trying to favor them although sometimes maybe but sometimes they like don't want to like get their friends mad at them you know so there's that too uh-huh. so you kind of then it takes that judgment call out of it so so i get it from that perspective but for sure, like on on big events where there's live streaming there, national series, regional series, that stuff, if you have the capabilities to do it and it doesn't add any more time, in my opinion, why not at least take every attempt possible to get it right? You know, and and uh, it's a slippery slope because even in baseball, football, I mean, that's been an ongoing argument for years. Should we have instant replay? Do we just get rid of it? You know, because here's the other thing that happens. <clears throat> you have officials making calls. And, and I've been annu- announced last year, and there was times, Bert, where something would happen. And in my mind, and I, I learned this by not even being an announcer, or I, when I'm announcing, don't be saying who did it. Like, I, I try, I zip it. I do good there. But I, in my mind, I'm like, wow, that person literally just got dumped or whatever, and then all of a sudden, I see it like on Dirt Race Central. I watch the replay. I'm like, "That's not what I saw. Like, like it, uh-huh. that, it didn't happen anything like that." So now, what happens? Same thing with football, right? Football is probably the biggest example for me, is with all these different camera angles and being able to watch it again and show the replay and seeing all that stuff. People are like, "That official's an idiot," right? I remember an incident up in Proctor a couple of years back where where uh one of there was a young guy at the head judge uh, on position and he made a call and and he he could have swore he saw what he saw and then he saw the replay and he's like oh my and like people just crucified him right they're just i mean they just hammered him like to the point where he was like emotionally distraught over this deal because he's pretty young and it's not really fair, it is what it is, it's the way it is. I mean, that's what happens. If, you, if you're if you replaying an event, <clears throat> we can watch it in slow motion. We can see uh-huh. from different angles and, and it's not fair. Same thing with football. So if that's gonna be the case and if they're gonna make calls, do you think, let me ask you, let's take this out of the equation. Do you think, I'm not gonna ask you, do you think it should be the case? But do you think it's gonna begin to be the case um, in in some instances,
1: using replay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure some tracks will look, you know, may look at it, or some series may look at it. Um, I mean, I think we've seen though with the with the national touring series. I think that's part of the reason they have the no fault is it's easy to do. If you know you spin, you come to a stop, you go to the back, you know, no right. ar- no argument. No, I mean. The only argument is whether it's fair or not. I guess right, right. It, it's
0: sim- It's simpler, right? It's simpler right. because they don't have to make a call. But sometimes it gets to the point where it's just more, border- I mean, it's ridiculous. Like that deal with Sheldon Hoddenchild where he got caught up with a lap car leading. That was an. I think that was a, one of the Tony Stewart series sprint car races down in Florida. It's like really. I mean, I mean. So sometimes it's just super annoying. And and the deal down in Arizona with the wild west where people are literally dumping each other. Right. I mean, the Midwest mods was really bad. I mean, people were just yard sailing each other and they're like, why wouldn't we, we get our spot back. That guy's going to the back. So, you know, you got to get rid of that. So fans, I tell you what, you know, people listening to this, why don't you just comment, you know, put in the comments, would you like to see instant replay? Is that a better alternative in your opinion to the no fault caution rule do you think it's something that maybe they should be looking at, especially at the bigger money events? I mean, you take the Tyler Erb deal at, at Cedar Lake, he'd still be racing world of Outlaw if they would have made a call. Right. And, and we saw it. I mean, you could have instant replay that all day long because playing his day, we saw what happened. He would have got a spot back. He'd have been perfectly fine. So, I mean, and that's a, it's a slippery slope and, It'll be interesting to see with all this technology and all the streaming and all the stuff that's going on, it's going to be interesting to see if that's something that starts to happen on the road. So, you know, that's enough of that. Let's get to event number five. Um, Event number five, of course, for the Extreme Dirt Car Series, that was at the Cherokee Speedway, Gaffney, South Carolina. What did you get out of that one?
1: Well, that was uh, your favorite type of race. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was an afternoon race, so uh, we all know who was the ultimate winner of that. But was who's entire, your tire, baby? Who's your company. tire? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't understand. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're in February, so I mean, us being up here, we know it's cold in February, and you know, I we don't realize that you know it does get cold at nights down there also. So maybe You're that's why.
0: Yeah, well, that's why they off. run in
1: the afternoon. But I just absolutely hate afternoon racing. Uh, I I just it it doesn't make for good track conditions. that, you know usually uh, rubbers up, and I mean I think that was pretty much the case. Um, there was there, like
0: there was like four or five blown tires in the last couple of laps. Like literally, mm-hmm. they were people pulling off, pulling off, pulling off, and you know who
1: who won that? I
0: mean. Hoosier Tire won that race. <laughs>
1: yeah. There, well, there's Chris, no Madden doubt. Won, Chris Madden won. Uh, Ross Bales finished second. I mean, Bales uh, won the previous night and finished second uh, um, at Cherokee. So, I mean, he put together two really good races. Um, but, yeah, Madden won it. He holds a 15-point lead over Kyle Strickler in the points with – there's only one race to go, correct? Yep. Yeah. And uh, Strickler was third. Um and strickler was seventh the previous night and madden was eighth the previous night um but another driver who finished in the top 10 both nights was uh stewart Friesen. uh he's you know he's had a limited amount of time in a late model and he he's doing pretty well
0: he, he looked good he looked racist he had a pair of fifths there and and uh, i was surprised i mean i shouldn't be i mean he's a talented race car driver he's flat out dominated the big block mods for a little while and you know, he runs a truck series, but he looked really good. And, you know, Guy has to wonder. I mean, that's, I mean, he's kind of getting after this late model deal, Bert. He's running a little bit more than I thought he was going to. But overall, on the weekend, Ross Bales um, had the best weekend with a second and a first. Now, now I picked, okay, so I, I got zero right. I picked Brandon Overton to win both races because it's set on, like they announced, like Brandon Overton going to be there. I'm like, that's my pick he didn't even show up. I'm like, that sucks. Right. Um, I know that uh Pete he said the guy starting on the poll is gonna win, so he got it right. Jeff actually officially got it right because Jeff picked the first day he picked Strickler, he didn't do very good, but he picked Madden on day two. Bert, who do you
1: remember who your picks were? I know I picked Madden for one of them, but I don't I can't remember which which race I picked him for. (laughs) (laughs) One of the two, so we'll give you
0: half credit for
1: that. (laughs) So officially, Jeff was the winner. Our that's why
0: he's our late model expert, right? He he got one of them right anyway. But uh, you you're exactly right on, Bert. One more event to go. That is coming up this Saturday. The Driving Extreme Dirt Car Series season finale down at the Modoc Speedway in South Carolina. Um, that will be on Dirt Vision. This whole series has been on Dirt Vision. In fact the series is ran. I didn't, I didn't know this by WRG World Racing Group is running this series. So they're helping out with that. 15,000 goes to the winner of the points Madden with a pretty comfortable lead looking to go back to back here. So Bert, uh, let's just, let's just throw it out there. I I have no idea if Friesen's going to be there. I have, I'm going to say Overton's (laughs) probably not, um, but I got a pretty good idea and a few people that will be. Who's your pick here for, saturday's extreme race
1: um i'll go with madden
0: i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna take i'm gonna take (laughs) i got a bad habit of doing this the people not showing up i'm taking ross bales um man he had a good weekend you know on both top twos one one got a second i'm gonna take ross bales um to win that one now
1: let's go ahead before we leave um i just thought of this uh do you think uh, Overton is showing his hand on what his intentions are this season by not showing up for these two races? Do you think he's safe, saving himself or running the Lucas Tour?
0: You know, I, I don't see him as saving himself. He didn't run this tour last year either. Okay. You know, so I'm going to say – I'm going to go with no on that because um, I think he's still going to – uh, boy, it's, he's leading the deal, right? So, I mean, he said he, this would be the year to go for it, but man, there's a lot of regional stuff. They get they still have that, whatever they have another tour down there, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, he ran it last year, and him and Madden both ran it. Actually, I think they got first
1: and second in that. Is that deal. the Southern All Star Tour or something? Yeah, like that? I think
0: so. I think it was something like that. So so it'll be interesting to see. I tell you the, the guys in the Lucas oil series do not want him to follow that series. I can <laughs> tell you that, but, uh, but if he does, man, he, he could be well, a favorite. I
1: was reading on dirt on dirt. They always do their round table on Mondays. And, um, I can't remember who made the comment, but somebody made the comment that as long as he's leading the Lucas oil points, it's pretty hard to get off of the tour. If you're the leader
0: (laughs) right right there there is that for sure and like you said he's in a good team they got the wells motorsports they got the backing behind them you know they got the equipment he's definitely talented enough you know i guess it'll be interesting to see i guess uh we're not too far away from finding out literally just a couple weeks away he'll probably hit a couple of these ones coming up now did you see the the one lap one beer with uh casey schumann um i did
1: watch it um i was a little disappointed that they it they wound up talking more about his racing career than they did about him being in charge of the world of outlaws um but yes i did see it well you know what
0: i got out of that because he's the guy who ultimately you know he's the the series director for world of outlaw late models he's the guy that ultimately booted turbo indefinitely right and they showed a clip on there of him like storming down to the flag stand, walking up the flag stand, <laughs> yes. and yelling at the flag, man. I'm like, yeah. So he, he's a little feisty too. So it's like, he, he kind of gets it, but it's like, come on, Casey. Yeah. You got to let turbo back. I mean, come on. I mean, this is, this is kind of getting a little bit sad. So let's, let's, uh, let's jump into some sprint car news. Like I said, uh, there were supposed to be a couple shows this past weekend. Both of them canceled. Uh, Mother Nature, officially the winner. They did, they did postpone those events, from what I understand. But snow got the better of them. So that officially made me, Bert, on my picks for the week, zero for four. Um, pretty good. Um, pretty solid there. Uh, none of us got the sprint car ones right. But uh, Keith actually texted me, um, and he said, man, not only did they cancel those ones because of snow, but, like, literally the whole Western swing, is is canceled because of COVID, and that includes, you know, here's just a couple of them. There's several races, but uh, that's everything from uh, Vegas to Arizona Speedway to Vado to uh, several of them in California. So that whole Western swing, bam, it's it's done. And you know, time will tell if they're going to reschedule those. I they haven't yet because of the COVID. They don't even know if some of them tracks will open. Um, in in California, people are like, well, there's racing in California, but it's all fanless. You know, and you can't, you can't run a world of outlaws for no fans, not unless you want to go completely bankrupt in one night, that that might be the way to do that, not recommended.
1: So, yeah, unfortunately, um, I mean, hopefully this summer is better than last summer, but I still don't think that we're going to have a normal uh, summer. I mean, COVID is still going to rear its ugly head um, in some of the plans around the country. Uh, especially in uh, certain states that are run by certain people Um, (laughs) and uh, you know uh, California is definitely one of those places I mean uh, Tupac may may say the west side is the best side but not when it comes to racing
0: (laughs) not so much not so much yeah Arizona had it you know and I'm guessing Arizona Speedway probably I don't know if they had to cancel but they certainly weren't going to go over there for one event. Right? right. I mean, you know, so being that it was all part of the swing, if one can, you know, if several canceled, they're all canceled, you know, and it just makes financial sense for the series to do that. And it kind of sucks because I'm kind of, kind of liking these sprint cars a little bit, you know, Keith, you know, I, quit smiling <laughs> when you listen to this. All right. But you know, they're, they're pretty racy. It, it's kind of, they, I tell you, listening to Gibson there and the announcer booth and all the hype beforehand, I'm, I'm looking forward to this world of outlaw season for the sprint cars, but things got pushed back just a little bit. So. Well, hey, they
1: go, they go to Cedar Lake every year. You can go uh, watch them live. They they do. They do.
0: They're, they're quite a few places. I can watch them in person, but I can watch them online too. Um, so <laughs> Well, I, I probably won't miss many of them. I can tell you that. So Jeff actually sent me some news too on the Lucas oil dirt late models. Um, you know, they, so Bristol, they got, obviously it's, it's dirt baby, right. You know, so they got XR is putting on that big event, the 50,000, uh, Bristol dirt nationals, but then following that is the cup race. And then after the cup race, they have the world of Outlaws has a, a late model deal and a sprint car deal. I think they're having a couple other classes with them as well, but, you know, let's, let's face it. It's a late model. You know, a sprint deal, let unless car Cardio, the other stuff, support classes. And what I'm happy to see is, and it surprised me, Lucas oil actually rescheduled uh, two races that they had one at the four one, one and one at Talladega that was against the world of outlaw late model show at Bristol. So happy to see that now, you know, are they going to reschedule the one against the Bristol dirt nationals? I, I, I don't know. I mean, wh- what's your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, I'm also happy to see that, uh, they, uh, uh, rescheduled those races. So, I mean, this allows, uh, Lucas, uh, drivers to race at Bristol and the outlaw show is invitational only. So, you know, um, you know, you should have the best of the best there now. And, uh, I, I'm just wondering how much, uh, how much the driver the lucas drivers were uh whispering in the ears of uh the heads of lucas oil racing series and come on you know this doesn't happen all the time let us race at bristol um, well I, I think they're still
0: whispering a little bit right i, I think that because they that 50 grand to win show both at bristol and the one down at texas are both against lucas Oil, events, right right so one is the one in Texas is of course against Knoxville, and the one yeah, down I,
1: I don't see them changing the Knoxville date.
0: <laughs> I I don't either. I don't either. Now you know that so
1: that that gets kind of interesting. And let's talk about that Bristol Dirt Nationals.
0: So Kyle Larson and Joey Logano are, are both on the schedule. Several other Cup drivers. um, I don't have the whole list in front of me. Those are the two notable ones in my opinion. Rumor has it, Larson might drive both a uh, late model and a sprint possibly. And okay. Logano is going to be, that's Kyle Larson. Logano is going to be in a mod. He ran a mod a little bit down at Volusia. And, you know, it, that's, that's going to be kind of interesting. Another big half mile, right? You know, so oh. is this going to be another Kyle Larson show? I mean, let's face it, there's going to be a lot of good guys, but he's going to the 50 grand to win deal. You know who else is on that list, Bert, that really surprised me?
1: Jonathan that? So why did,
0: that,
1: why does that surprise you?
0: Because that fifty grand to win shows against the Lucas Oil. Oh, game. okay. So and and after after he got done down at speed Weeks and he skipped Volusia, he basically said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to run the series or not. He was disappointed. He's he's kind of sucking, right? And he he running good in the points. He's way back there do you see him maybe just skipping them Lucas oil shows that weekend and going, I mean, he's on the list. I mean, that doesn't mean he's going to go there. He could very easily, you know, that's going to be a decision between him and the team between him and Landers, but you know, that that's something to talk about. Right. I mean, when you take that show, that's 50 grand, you take the Texas show, that's 50 grand. Right. And these Mm are, them are both fairly big tracks and then you got the one out in Vegas. That is a double down deal. So that'd be a hundred grand to win. If he's at all three, i mean a guy wins all three of those shows that pays you a lot better than following the lucas series does all year
1: yeah and he he could race a bunch of regional races and win the top prizes there and like what overton did last year exactly
0: so you know so kai has to wonder maybe this is a year that a guy like him takes a series off and, and chases the money you know, I guess I guess time will tell, but uh, that was interesting to me, right? Jonathan Davenport on the entry list for the Bristol Dirt Nationals. So let's, uh, you know, coming up this weekend, Bert, mod racing. Good mod racing. There's going to be some good mod racing down at the RPM Speedway, Crandall, Texas, um, the US MTS season opener. Now, here's the deal. We talked about this a little bit. Seventy thousand dollars to the winner, right? Every single show is a minimum of five grand to win, and a bunch of them are ten grand to win, right? Um, they have a pair of ten grand to win shows down there. A couple notables there from our area, Bert, uh, specifically Wasota area. Um, Jesse Glenn's the X factor he's heading down there he, he made the commitment that he's following the US MPS so did uh, Landon Atkinson another young gun from over in central Minnesota another guy uh, that is going to be there that I'm surprised he's going to be a rookie he's ran some on stuff before but he's, he's more of a rookie Skeeter um, he uh, won the Wild West shootout tour um in the, in the X-Bonds last year He's, a, he's his dad is one of the winningest with sort of mod drivers out there so it's interesting to see what he's doing in the trc house car another guy though that made the announcement that they're heading down dan ebert we talked about him also in the in the power rankings he was up there in the top 25 in the power rankings um hell of a hell of a race car driver but he actually moved down to charlotte he works for fox shocks and while he was down there, any of the late model and mod guys that are on Fox stuff, they're working with Dan Eber. This kid's sharp, right? Dad's sharp. He's sharp. So we got some good representation. Uh, Lucas Schott, another Chatfield, uh, Minnesota guy, he is the reigning USRA champion. And then, of course, your national champ uh, many times over for the USMTS, Rodney Sanders. Talk to Todd Staley. They're expecting over 70 modifieds for this deal. So Um, that's going to be on racing dirt this weekend uh, a pair of shows down there um looks like the weather has moved out so the warm weather's coming back in so we should be good to go but man i I know you're not a huge mod guy Bert, but you you know enough about some of these guys do you have a pick um for you know who do you think maybe could win this deal down there
1: well before i make my pick i just want to say i mean i will definitely uh be paying more attention to the USMTS this season. Now that Jesse Glens is is following the tour, um, you know I always like to keep track of uh, local drivers who are following tours, and you know I wish wish him the best of luck as well as all the other local drivers that are going to be racing the tour. Um, as far as a pick, um, I'll go with Rodney Sanders that's now. a
0: terrible pick he ain't very good at <laughs> us mts he's never won nothing you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna be a homer i'm gonna be a homer on this deal i just am all right and i'm gonna go through on a limb and i'm gonna say jesse glens is winning one of these two shows um so that that's i'd my love pick. to see
1: it i'd love now, to see
0: it so rpm speedway at the end of the year last year you know who won the final two us MTS shows at the end of the year last year brandon mm-hmm. shepard
1: Oh, okay. So,
0: so that's that's the track that he won at. So another late model guy, Ebert, he also runs very well in the late model. Of course, Sanders does too, right? You know, so it'll be, uh, it's going to be good. There's going to be some hitters. I mean, I saw the list and I mean, this, uh, this blah, 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 right? Can't barely talk here. I'm on, on camera. Can barely talk. The fact is we touched on just a couple cars that are going, but this is going to be a stout field. Like I, I am jacked to see the modified guys that are going to be down there. So that that's going to be good stuff. Now there's some local late model news too, you know. And uh, too bad Puka's not on here with us to talk about <laughs> this one because he'd be all smiles right now with a with another name and that's going to be running like Hibbing, Grand Rapids, maybe Proctor Superior, Jamie Lottiger. and and he's ran modifies for a number of years. Um, great guy. I mean, he's. Kind of part of the Neme family, married into the Neme family. If you're from the Iron Range, you know who the Nemes are. But uh, he's going to be in a capital, and uh, his—I uh, don't know if it's somehow a relation through marriage—Keith Neme. He's got a capital, and uh, I think that Der- well, yeah, Derek Vessel's in a capital too. So three capitals racing uh, up in Hibbing in the late models, and there's not really a lot of capitals around. So it'll be fun to see what Jamie does, see what that transition looks like for him over into the fender cars and the fat tire cars so good luck jamie lottiger and Bert. um did you happen to see that don shaw took a road trip
1: did you No, i did i did not see that just that what you had told me that he went down to alabama to race a crate yeah i
0: i was literally i just jumped on racing or on uh on my race pass and i'm like you know i'm just gonna take a peek and see what was on there because I knew that Bama Brawl was down there we talked about that was an upcoming event and I I, I don't even know why I looked right because I looked at the late models and I'm like ah whatever I'll look at the 604 and the 602 to see if there's any names that I recognize and lo and behold Don Shaw fourth place I'm like what like Don Shaw went to Alabama seriously so I, I, I called him today and I said, what was it like down down there? And he says, hillbilly racing is what he said. I said, did you learn anything that you're going to bring to I-94? He goes, not so much. A little bit different well, deal I, down there in Alabama.
1: He should have raced with the super late models. He would have had a good chance of finishing really well. Yeah, I think there was
0: 15 there. 13 started the feature. I'm not sure why that was. Three super late models finished. And in, in the third place, Guy Bert, four laps down i'm like really <laughs> that must the 50 lap feature too <laughs> 50 lap I mean, at what point do you just say, seriously, we're not running 50 laps, but they ran the whole thing. It's like, why on earth would you do that to your fan base? Like just throw the checker. I mean, kidding me. I mean, yeah, 50 lap feature. And they had, I mean, there was a lot of attrition. I heard it was kind of cowboy up down there and got a little rough, but that was at the Fort Payne motor speedway. And uh, yeah, I didn't get to see the race. You know, I I didn't see it screamed anywhere, but yeah, Don shot me the trip down. So that was quite interesting. Now, Another thing here, let me take a look through my notes. Um, Did you happen to see, and I'm going to touch on this a little bit in depth here, there's a little bit of news going on in your great state of Wisconsin. Uh, Another track um, dropping out of the Wissota realms. Do you know much about that one, Bert, or do you want me to take that one? Um,
1: I'll just state what I know. I mean I don't know much about it um, because actually I sent you the message today asking, is Eagle Valleys <laughs> were they with soda sanctioned the last few years because they released or at least they posted today their their 2021 schedule and they're, for their top two divisions they're using Cedar Lake rules, you know stated not, nothing about Wasota so I thought, hmm they must not be with soda sanctioned this year. And then, um, I mean, they're also, they've changed. Did they run Friday nights last year? I mean, I know Menominee didn't because of COVID, um, but so Eagle Valley is staying Friday night. um, So they're going to compete head to head with uh, Menominee this year. Yeah.
0: And and I'm going to start out by saying this. Menominee is not even a hundred percent sure yet that they can open, right? They're still working with the county on all that, but, okay, but, the fact is, Jerry has made the decision that regardless if they open or not, Eagle Valley is going Friday nights. Now, the first thing I noticed, and I don't know if you brought this up or somebody brought it up, but they said, actually, Chad Chad Marquardt did. We had him on as a guest there, um, your yep. friend from over there. And he said, man, it's just too bad that the Dirt King show at Eagle Valley Speedway is on a Friday night. And it just so happens Menominee is scheduled to have late models on that same night. Well, that don't even make sense. They're 40 miles apart. There's only like seven late models. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, there's not many cars there. So, you know, Men- Menominee is going to have to drop. You'd think right? there's more money, but all right. So here's what happens. So everybody knows, I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science that Friday nights, if you're a promoter, and you own a track, Friday nights will probably be a better night than Sunday. It just is what it is, right? Plus, Jerry has a has a bar at the track, right? So people stick around after the races, and, and he's like, well, Friday night's way better, right? You know, you got more people sticking around, more beer sales, just, just a whole better deal on Friday night. That is absolutely obvious, okay, on a, on a business realm. But, but, okay, on a racing realm, it makes no sense. Okay. Now, what happened last year is Menominee, the Red Cedar Speedway, was not able to open due to COVID. They have like a 27-person board on the fare board for Dunn County, and they they just would not let it happen. Okay. They tried everything they could to open up last year. <clears throat> they were they were just shut down every single time. They're planning to open up, they got their schedule out, they're planning to open up, they got some big stuff happening. The mater races you know, scheduled to be 15,555 to win that deal. So some big stuff happened at the Red Cedar Speedway. Well, because they didn't open last year, Jerry's like, well, hey, if Menominee's not racing Fridays this year, heck, we'll take it. It made sense last year, it did. It was a it was a good move for them last year because in theory the all the Eau Claire area cars are gonna go there, right? <clears throat> or the ones that wanted to, you know, the ones that might've went to Menominee, maybe went there, some went to Mississippi Thunder, you know, and some stayed home, whatever, okay, but he he tried pulling his weight, right, He, he basically says, well, according to the bylaws, according to the bylaws, it says in there that if you're established for a year, that's now your night, and he tried pushing his weight, and it's like, Jerry, the Red Cedar Speedway has been racing for decades, for years on Friday nights, I mean, come on, they couldn't open, it's not like they just decided one year, well, we're just we're not racing this year. If they made that decision, fine. They weren't allowed to because of COVID. I mean, that's extenuating circumstances. Get some common sense. Now, again, if Menominee does not open, great. Race on Fridays. Okay. Good deal. Get her done. Do what you got to do. But I've seen this movie before. I've seen it before, right? (laughs) I mean, literally just i don't know less than 10 years ago i don't remember exactly what year it was but princeton speedway in central minnesota that's been an established friday night track forever and ever and ever right granite city speedway at the time different owners at the time no nothing to do with James Trentino. this is different owners back then different promoters right they were racing on a sunday same deal same deal they're like Sundays are just not working. We can't get fans here. Let's go ahead, let's switch it to Friday nights. They're like, I mean, a stones throw from Princeton Speedway. They got they share cars, they share fans, they have some sponsors sponsor both tracks. Some officials officiate at both tracks, right? It's the same thing there. Eau Claire, right, is kind of like right in the middle. Jim Falls, Eagle Valley Speedway is what 15 minutes. 20 minutes tops from Eau Claire, menominee the other ways about the same i mean literally it's it's less than an hour in between the two tracks so everybody in that eau claire area they're gonna go one of those two ways or are they because they also have mississippi thunder speedway which is like a half hour or so away from eau claire you got sk speedway who they're struggling mightily right but the (laughs) fact is it's there Right. And then you go north of there, which that's a little further away, but you got Gondic Law Speedway in Superior. There's way too many Friday night tracks already. If Menominee opens up, this is gonna be a disaster. Right. I mean, it's gonna be a disaster. There's no way. I mean, both tracks are gonna suffer because of it. And and I get it, you know. Jerry he couldn't get cars to show up on a Sunday. That has nothing to do with the night. I'm sorry, it just does not. It has everything to do with like the track you know and it has everything to do with they don't like you it just is what it is so it has nothing to do with you know the night you got to learn how to promote right it has i mean if you don't have community involvement it don't matter what day of the week you race on if you gotta if you have to like make your program happen by drawing people from an hour away you ain't doing something right and it kind of it makes me kind of wonder you know it's, in his mind it's a good business decision but does he really care about the sport because he's going to kill two racetracks i mean i just don't see this being a good deal and it it drives me nuts Bert. Bert that these tracks got to just keep scheduling on top of each other you know and, and it's been this way for a while between jim falls rice lake menominee they've had it's like constant drama. They could have a soap opera with those three tracks. They just simply do not get along. I don't understand. It's not that difficult to work together. I've helped Proctor, I've helped Himming, I've helped Rapids, and you know, I've, I've even helped Gondek Law Speedway a little bit, but guess what? Those tracks seem to work together. When, they, when they're scheduling something, they call the area, area tracks and say, hey, is this gonna be a conflict, right? Even Chris Steppen, who comes in and he schedules some events at Ogilvy and he has some events at the Gander Class Speedway, he calls the area promoters, you know, and he says, Hey, is this going to be a conflict? We'd like you to take, you know, can you take this night off? We're looking at doing this. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of, you know, they might not want to, but at least the phone calls made, and at least they try to work together. Do they have this issue on the east side of the state? I mean, where people are just scheduling on top of each other like that? Is there is that kind of drama happen over there? Or is it just the west side of Wisconsin?
1: Um, I'll I'll answer that in two phases. Um, for the most part, um, tracks on the eastern side of the state do not schedule on top of each other. Um, they actually do most of them anyway, um, if not all of them. Communicate with each other and. Um, uh, will make sure that they don't schedule on top of big specials anyway. Um, and when one track isn't isn't running for some reason, then the, a different track that's running that night will schedule a special for that night since the other track, you know, Shawano and Plymouth do that with late models because uh, when Plymouth isn't racing late models and Shawano tries to do some sort of special on those nights to try to draw the those late models. Um, but in Eastern Wisconsin, we actually had a situation very similar to what's gonna go on this summer. Um, a couple of years ago, Luxembourg Speedway, um, which is always raced on Friday nights, uh, they were looking for a promoter and they didn't know, they didn't know if they were gonna have, if there was gonna be races in Luxembourg because they didn't have a promoter. So uh, out of gaming Speedway, In Seymour, which normally runs Sunday nights, they switched to Friday nights. They didn't wait to see if there was going to be a promoter. They switched to Friday nights because it's better. It's like you said, it's a better business model to race on Friday nights and see the promoters who are running Seymour now used to run the races at uh, the racetrack in Manitowoc while it was. But I mean, that racetrack is no longer there. So that's why they took over Seymour. But Manitowoc would would race on Friday nights, so Fridays is is better for those promoters. But um, Luxembourg did get a promoter, and so Luxembourg has actually switched to Sunday nights. So they kind in a roundabout way they they just flip flopped nights. They didn't necessarily intend for that to happen, but but Luxembourg realized that they couldn't race Friday nights when Seymour was racing Friday nights because. It wouldn't be good for anybody. I mean, it would be a disaster for both tracks, for sure. So, and,
0: and how's Luxembourg doing on Sundays now? Did they? How did how things go over there?
1: Um, as far as I know, they're they're doing pretty good. Um, you know, I don't I don't know for sure that how. I mean, Luxem Luxembourg had a a promoter that wasn't very good prior to that, um, so you know they over were, here they, you trying.
0: you're trying to be politically correct you're, you're i can see you, you're like processing. Well, well how no, do i they, say this without like getting somebody <laughs> mad at me just text it to me i'll say it i don't
1: care well no <laughs> i mean they had a promotion, which i don't think they knew a whole lot about racing i mean they were trying to draw people to the racetrack by having giving away crafts and having craft shows and stuff and it's just like why didn't you tell me I would have went, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's not, that's gonna, That's not going to draw your race fans there. I, I'm so, I mean, nice try, but it's not going to draw your race fans there. And that uh,
0: but, is your but,
1: but actually <laughs> uh, now the promoters at Luxembourg are actually a group of, I think former drivers. So, I mean, th- they've been involved in racing, so they know what it takes to put on a good show and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, they don't run every week. They run more of a limited schedule. Um, but uh it seems to be working out fairly well. I know Seymour's doing very good on Friday nights, so right,
0: right. And then Seymour's an established track, isn't it? I mean, right. yes. You know, so that, that kind of helps as well. You know, and, and I don't know who to blame for this, right? Because I know I know Jerry's had his issues with Wasona, right? And it just is what it is. So the fact of the matter is. I'm going to start with needs to wake up. Right. And, and I don't know where to start. Right. I, I don't know if it's Carson. I don't know if it's the board. I don't know if it's the employees, but how many tracks does with have to lose before they realize we got to do something different here. Right. Cause I mean, literally it's, I mean, it's not a good deal. I mean, I, I counted, I believe Bert, there's only like five tracks that are with in Wisconsin. Watson.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I wouldn't even consider Wisconsin a Wesota State anymore.
0: No, uh, I mean, they've lost more tracks and some of them have closed, right? But they've lost more tracks than they actually currently have Wasota because right now they have the ABC Raceway in Ashland. Eagle River, I think, runs some Wesota, I think, B Mods and Streeters. So they got ABC Raceway in Ashland, Eagle River, Rice Lake, Gondic Law Speedway, and the Red Cedar Speedway down in Menominee.
1: That's it. I mean, God. when the late model challenge series schedule came out, there's only two races, I think, or maybe three, three races in the state of Wisconsin.
0: There's only and, two Wasoda late model tracks, right? There's Gana Class oh, Speedway right. and the Red Cedar Speedway, and of course Rice Lake. Um, for several years now, they have a, a a challenge series show there. Otherwise, there's only two Wasoda late model tracks there. You know, so you start looking at that, and it's like you know, come on, I don't know where to point, you know, I mean, you look up at North Dakota, they've lost a bunch of tracks, you know, and there's some work to be done. And, and, and I don't know if it's just one person, or I don't know if the whole board needs a change, or they just need to get rid of the board deal and have a promoter's group, I don't know. But whatever they're doing is not working. And, and Jerry's had a lot of conflict. Jerry's opinionated, and he's stubborn, and he does what he wants to do. But, you know, just this, me, from me to Jerry, it's like, jerry what are you doing like i mean i get it friday night is better but how i mean do the math right and i i did not do this and i feel like i should do this maybe and maybe uh just just out of curiosity but i really like to look at all the cars from two years ago that raced at eagle valley speedway okay at jim falls i'd like to look at all the cars and out of them cars how many of those cars race Friday night at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee? Okay. And if he looks at that and all of a sudden he's like, uh Oh, you know, like, cause he didn't have very good car count on Sunday. And if half of them are Menominee cars now what? Right? right. Because, you know, so, and, and it's not just the cars, it's the fans, you know, because, you know, Jim Falls is, is essentially Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire, it's all kind of tied together there. and, Menominee's the Menominee and Rice Lake are the tracks that have been there the longest, right? And Cedar Lake, over you know a little ways away. Uh-huh. Jim Falls kind of came in later. I mean, that I don't even think that track came in until late '90s, maybe two thousand ish. That track wasn't even yeah. there, so that wasn't even an established track, and they they've never really got it going. I mean, it, they've they've had some years it has been okay. But even in the heyday, Bert, when there's like tracks had like B mains, I don't know if you remember those, but that was where cars that didn't all transfer out of the heat (laughs) had to run a second qualifying race. We don't see them very often anymore, right? They, They just never had car counts. Even at their specials, they never had car counts. So I don't know if it's the track, the culture. He's sometimes not the easiest to get along with, you know, as you can see with what's going on here you know, and I just look at it, and I'm like, this is not good for the sport. You cannot have that many Friday night tracks. I mean, it's simple math, right? If you have 872 tracks, and you have 500 cars, <laughs> it just doesn't work, and there's only X amount of fans. It's just, it's just a bad deal, and I don't want to see any track close or, or whatever, but I just, man, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm disappointed um, that they're going this route, and you know, I, I think that's enough on that. People have people kind of get the point where, where I'm at on this, and they understand what's going on. But uh in a perfect, I, I don't want to even say that. You know, I guess in a, I was going to say in a perfect world, Red Cedar don't open and have to deal with it. But I want Red Cedar to open, right? I mean, oh. that's a that's another that's another Wasilla sort of track. It's a good track. They got some great, especially late model racing there. You know, with the Mater. So I do want to see well, it open.
1: And the problem is, work. the problem is if if red cedar doesn't open this year because of covid i mean that's two years without racing and you know people tend to find other things to do or you know go to other places so then when you do reopen three years later it's like you know you may not get everybody back that you had previously
0: right right yeah especially the casual fans you know it's, it's not the diehards are the diehards but the diehards are, are few and far between. It's not like it was, you
1: know, before. Well, and I mean, there were, I've read stories and rumors that, you know, racing was going to disappear at Red Cedar, even prior to COVID that, uh, Coney wasn't going to, wasn't going to renew contracts and stuff like that. So
0: that's been going on for decades over (laughs) there for
1: sure. I mean, that's been an
0: ongoing thing at the Red Cedar Speedway for sure at the end of the day it's a crappy deal for everyone right but yeah
1: but yeah i just want to say i hope red cedar can open this year and you know get back on track and you know because uh it is a racing tradition there and you know culminating with the punky manor at the end of the year i mean that's really the only that's really the only track that should host that event
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and even the mater, right? Because right. You know, that was that was his home track there too. Even the mater race. You know, and as crappy as that is, you know, that's a perfect transition to the to the race <laughs> that's coming up in the late models, the 17th annual Tuckesee Toilet Bowl Classic. <laughs> so what a transition from a crappy situation to a right down the shitter, right? And that race is at the Clarksville Speedway in Tennessee. Um, Friday, three thousand win for UMP late. Saturday, five thousand to win. They also have UMP mods. They'll probably get some pretty good ones there. Five hundred or six hundred to win the first night. Fifteen hundred the second night. That is going to be on Pit Row TV. You know so you know race fans you can look up uh look up clarksville speedway you'll see the link pit road tv i think they're an affiliate just like dirt race central is from speed sport um that's why they have the dot tv afterwards so pit road dot tv to watch that now um last year a guy by the name of booger brooks held off held off brian shirley what, what is this revenge of the nerds here booger
1: like like what is Booger, you, Booger. Have, you you have Booker on the agenda.
0: I do have Booker on the agenda, but it's Booger. It's oh, not okay, Booger. Okay. It's Booger. Yeah, <laughs> Booger bro It probably spell checked it like he didn't mean to put Booger. No, I meant Booger. Yeah, Booger Brooks uh, won it last year. um A couple other notables that are going to be there. They're scheduled to be there. Dancer Jr., Tanner English. um So there's going to be some good cars there i'm really hoping there's a way and I, I don't know if there is or not i'm hoping there's a way that maybe dirt on dirt gets the coverage so we can wash it i don't know if i'll i, I probably won't rent it so to speak but um it'll be interesting to see
1: they usually get the late model features um at least the features to put on afterwards so from, hopefully from that hopefully hopefully that continues.
0: <laughs> yeah no doubt no yeah because there's not a lot of racing you know it's kind of crazy there's really only a week or two off there on the holidays there's been racing going on every week right you know so Keith we're sorry there's no sprint car racing going on I think there might be some 360 stuff somewhere but that don't even count you know there, there's he, he's a world of outlaw guy there's none of that going on um because of all the cancellations there is some late model stuff though going on of course the extreme uh series finale the toilet bowl classic what a name i don't what did they come up with this stuff what did they come (laughs) up with the toilet bowl classic i mean that i if nothing else is interesting and it's the 17th annual and i kind of looked through some of the results from the past and there's there's been some pretty pretty good drivers that have attended this race over the years so you know, I guess uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend between mod stuff going on with the USMTS some late model stuff with the series finale for the extreme series? You know, what, I guess, what has you uh, kind of fired up for this weekend?
1: Well, you're not going to believe it, but I, I actually mod stuff. I, I, mean, I
0: you, you cut out there. Can you <laughs> say that one
1: more time? What was that? I, I'm actually looking forward to the USMTS show because uh, I want to, I want to see how the locals do that. Well, particularly the x-factor i want to see how he does down there
0: <laughs> yeah he's gonna do good so jesse glenn's we're pulling for you and and, and really all the guys you know that you know whether it's skeeter sd or landon atkinson or dan ebert all them guys you know they're they're talented race car drivers so it'll be it'll be good to see how they do and and really there was a little bit of a precursor because at the uh, wild west shootout a bunch of the USMTS USRA guys were there and a bunch of Wasoda guys went down and I tell you you know the USMTS guys ran good but the Wasoda guys ran really good too so I'm you know I'm pretty confident uh, that that we're going to be we're going to be swinging for the fences with this one here I'm, I'm expecting some good things out of all them guys but Jesse Glenn's we're we're, we're keeping an eye on you <laughs> in
1: particular so
0: so get her done down there and you know, I, I tell you what, Bert, uh, we can talk racing all night long with, this is a little bit shorter, you know, not as much stuff going on racing wise, but a little bit of drama in the racing world that we had to talk about. And, uh, that's, that's episode 68. So race fans, hopefully, uh, you enjoyed a little bit of our time here, got you away from all the craziness of life and all the drama out there. Hopefully we give you a little bit of an escape from that. And, you know, Bert, uh, any closing thoughts?
1: No, uh, just, uh, it's, we're about a month and a half away from opening night and local racing, which is, uh, that's exciting to look forward to. So hopefully the weather, cooperates. Like I know Ho- hopefully the weather cooperates and, uh, you know, the snow leaves and, and everything dries up and we, uh, we don't get more snow. I remember it would have been three years ago already o- opening weekend at channel speedway we got 33 inches of snow here
0: <laughs> i don't like your tone um, i don't appreciate your attitude and uh, i'm gonna knock on wood that we don't have to deal with that again so race fans uh i'm ryan aho that is the Burt layman checking out um from the one to go show and as puka always says go out there and be your dream thanks for tuning in
1: A production of
0: Goat Sports Media, LLC.